0: Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 138. Ain't that great? And I'm not ashamed... Our favorite. I'm not ashamed to do a little uh, pun alliteration. What are we doing there? Word, It's wordplay. C- turn it's of fun words. C- certainly. I'm not ashamed to do it. It's the end of the year, Vince. I can do what I want.
1: That's right. And when we look back at the five times previous this season that we made the something-something-ate-ate-that-great, eight, eight we'll be looking back with fond memories, not with criticism, because this episode, our final episode of Season 4 and of 2017, though I think it'll release in 2018, obviously, uh, it is with a measured perspective on review that we do it.
0: <laughs> a measured perspective on review... And uh, and an unsubtle uh, tie-in to the topic of review.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we're now reviewing an episode in the intro about a review, but now <laughs> I'm, I'm getting way too meta. And instead, I'll just talk about the episode. We talk about kind of what happened this year. We talk about, in, in a larger scale, how to look at your creative work, uh, the right balance of growth, critique, doing something new editing down there's a lot of balancing that goes on and the the conversation is very centered around balance uh and we do a little talking about what comes next too because that's really what reviewing is about it's distilling and
0: processing so you can keep creating certainly uh looking a little bit back a little bit forward and uh we're gonna get where we're we're headed Vin. i I have no doubt
1: (laughs) Uh, I have no doubt either And, and new, I, and, new uh, and exciting things coming for the
0: show in yeah, 2018. We, we well. dig into that a little bit at the end of the episode So maybe that's a treat for you to get through this one But uh, I, I gotta thank one of our sponsors One of our, our longest running sponsors And they certainly supported us in 2017 That is Simplecast uh, The easiest way I've found to publish a podcast They really take a lot of the legwork out of it It's easy to upload Great support Super reasonable pricing plans. So, if you're interested in starting a podcast, hosting a podcast, uh, I really, really recommend you host it on Simplecast. And that's at uh, simplecast.fm. You can learn some more.
1: Absolutely. Maybe one of your New Year's resolutions is to start a podcast. If so, that's the place to start. Uh, So, thank you, Simplecast, for sticking with us through 2015, 16, and now 17, and into 2018. And thank you, Grant, for all that you've done this year uh, with me to help make the show awesome. And thank you, listeners, for listening now and into the future, hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully you enjoy episode 138, Review. Just closing some windows. Because when God closes a window, grant he opens a door. Did you know that?
0: And when Buddha closes a window, he opens his mind. A door. Wait. <laughs> to mm-hmm. the eternal. <laughs> That was the the noise of the sands of time and uh, the wind of of uh, eternity blowing past the podcast, <sighs> entombing it forever. Vinny, <laughs> Vinny, my dear boy, what a what a year it's been! And uh, sadly, I've asked you this question not enough, but uh, I'll ask it at least one more time. Uh, Vince. Vinny, yes. What uh, what are you putting your time into? What are you working on?
1: Man, it has been. I mean, right now, I don't. We don't like to date the show, but it's actually been quite a short year so far. It's only one day in. But uh, the last year, I know for many people out there, it was um, not maybe the best one. Maybe things didn't go quite the way we'd all hoped. I, I actually but, have a
0: hot take on that. If you want to hear it, I think 2017 was a g- dumpster fire.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's a hot take because the dumpster is burning. Um, I, and I, I agree. It, yeah, yeah. yeah no, even though I, I, I consider it a pretty fortunate year for myself personally, I know, uh, on a grander scale. It didn't go exactly right, so here's hoping. But one thing that I did still love about last year was the show and how many amazing... You know, people. How many amazing conversations, and just how many amazing hours we got to spend together. So that was great. As for how I've been spending my hours recently, uh, actually, just yesterday, don't know if you saw, went live with uh, this eight-part mini-series uh, podcast that I did with uh, my friend Elliot Matson. Wow, I did not called, see it. Yeah, called "Building a Better Bond." You can. Catch <laughs> on FB or
0: the website yep. building a better Body. that was discussed uh, on a previous episode you guys were what, what are mm-hmm. you guys doing you're breaking down some james bond yeah we do he's
1: he plays george Lazenby, and i play a, a film journalist from the pbs and uh we talk about the eight or the yeah the eight actors who have played james bond amazing and then who should who should play the next one
0: and oh well, you probably don't want to give that away huh
1: it's open ended. We don't land on one on one name, but we had a lot of fun doing it. Hopefully. Was my name tossed around? It's fun really? to listen to. You got caught early on. I mean, it, it was an improv show, but we did a, a, a little bit of conversating uh, beforehand. Uh, you know, just to <laughs> just to sow the field. Sure, 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 sure.
0: I just meant it as an option for uh, who should play the next Bond.
1: Yeah. No. And I did. Oh, okay. Too. Great. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh grant what about you what's keeping you busy the towards the end of this last year sure.
0: uh well we don't like to date the show but uh heck of a hangover couple days strong <laughs> uh you, not <laughs> always love to come into the new year bleary yeah blinking. but i think the night of you know tech technically as we crossed the threshold into 2k 18 i was in such high spirits um uh, it's balance, and that's to be expected. I, I, for how happy I felt that night, I, I should be punished. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, and Hey, that is an interesting way to look at things. And it's, what's interesting to me, Grant, is how often the way that we look back at things shapes our interpretation of how we felt in the moment. Mm. I don't know if the same is true for you, but like, have you ever gone through something strenuous, mm-hmm. And at the time you were suffering, but then when you look back, the relief or the the happiness of
0: achieving, mm-hmm. or I, the sense of satisfaction—I <laughs> genuinely feel that way like, about most things I'm doing. Like most things I'm doing, I'm, and I'm not <laughs> even being funnier. But most things I'm doing cause me no, like a know. pretty high amount of stress. Uh, but I, I there's a sense of delayed gratification. I f- I feel like a lot of like filmmaking has been that. Um, although I will say, as I've gotten a little bit deeper into some of the crafts and have been surrounded by more and more talented people. Uh it's less of a painful process during, but I just feel like especially as like a creative starting out, there's a long it's a, it takes a long time <laughs> before I mean you you obviously fall in love with the process uh, at some point that's why you're doing the thing, but um I the Ira glass you know take on that on on not make on, on your taste being more elevated than than your product is so true. Ugh. I, I was getting shivers. I, I, I feel like I've, I have, like, uh, okay, I shouldn't throw PTSD as a term around so lightly, but a little bit of creative PTSD when I think back to, like, college grant. Uh-huh. Just
1: Oh, I think that's a, a notion many of us can identify with on a very personal mm-hmm. level. Um, it's lucky for us that personal growth is sort of... Um, The natural course that we improve ourselves with time. Uh, Not that, not to say that it doesn't take work; it doesn't happen passively. But uh, I know looking back, and people who write have the unique pleasure of actually reading uh, your work from the past. Uh, Though obviously it works for every artistic Mm -hmm. pursuit, uh, but I feel like with reading, it's even more visceral because you're like speaking to yourself in the Mm past. Like if you read if you read writing that you wrote previously and it makes you grimace, there's, it's not like you can blame technique or equipment quite as much as you can in other pursuits. It's just you talking mm. to you.
0: Does oh, it make makes a lot of sense. It's something I've thought a lot about, uh, in terms of, I, there was a certain point where I started to think about delayed gratification and think about career path and life path and, and whatever. And I, I, I don't know. I don't. I can't pinpoint the exact moment, but I do remember at a certain point thinking, "Ooh, I want to do good for future Grant. I want future Grant to like be pumped about what I did." And so this one's for him. <laughs> and then a lot of times, man, I have like something has happened, or something, some sort of delayed gratification has occurred, either with an opportunity or like I'm doing something that I'm like, "Wow, I'm so happy I get to do this." And then I I kind of take a moment and I think whoa dude nice calling that one past grant like shouts out and then you know what it is it's I, I i feel like in a in a really healthy relationship with myself and with like with the infinite uh number of grants within time that there are wherein past grant does something nice for future grant that really pays off for future grant and then that that future grant who, who might be present grant now uh then is so moved by what past grant did for him he decides he wants to pay it forward to to future grant and it's it's this beautiful cycle where <laughs> uh
1: that i mean we we're talking about a lot of things very suddenly here and i think that is like very a a very nice opposite way to think of like how the spiral of struggle can happen when you get behind and it causes you to take longer Mm -hmm. to catch up and you get further behind. That's like, it It speaks to how important forming positive habits is because when you're helping out future grant, it's essentially you're, you're practicing delayed gratification. You're practicing good habits. You're practicing a positive mindset and all of those things combined to make your future easier which is the payoff for delayed gratification? It's kind of like you're having your hangover first, and then you get to be drunk. Exactly,
0: later. and then yeah, sometimes <laughs> present Grant says, "Sorry, bro," <laughs> but I'm taking I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking Grant tonight. You're gonna have to deal with the aftermath. <laughs> well, so therein
1: lies another another like point of view, and and it kind of. It, it works nicely with the actual thing that we're talking about today, which is, um, as it usually is toward this end of the season, uh, it's about review. We usually have a reword here at near the end of things. But um, you can't look at things simply from the point of view of delayed gratification, because then if you delay the gratification infinitely, you don't yeah. have any more. And, right?
0: and you die before
1: you get and any of that. <laughs> And you are built, you're buried in a tomb shaped like a pyramid, hoping that you can take all your riches (laughs) to the afterlife, Uh, but it doesn't work that way. Probably. 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 Probably can't speak with
0: absolute certainty.
1: Right. So when we talk about review, a lot of it is through which lens are we going to investigate our previous deeds? And, in that conversation about giving credit and about delayed gratification, it speaks to me personally as the question of how much criticism should we level at ourselves and, and how much slack should we give mm-hmm. ourselves? It's a tough question for those who want to improve. Uh, I forget who, who famously said that complacency is death. Basically, when you're satisfied, when you're content, you've stopped growing. The art is a struggle, etc. All of these apt cliches really do speak to an important point.
0: Yeah, I think that was me. Was that me who said that? <laughs> Are you quoting the podcast directly? I could be.
1: I think if you said it, you you requoted <laughs> Certainly. it. Certainly, but it's a popular
0: point of view, and and it's it's an important one. Yeah, uh, I mean that that just reminds me of the balance conversations we have, and and I think most artists do have a a balance and a, a fluctuating balance in finding gratification, defining gratification, complacency struggle. Um I for me I I, I do I, I seem to work in waves and uh, and if if it's all delayed gratification that's what leads to burnout. Um and you know one of the, you know we weren't necessarily going here with it but one of the one of the things with delayed gratification is it's sort of like gambling sometimes, depending on, on what your gratification is and on what your initial investment is. You know, there's some things that are maybe more surefire investments on yourself. Like whether that's like a skill building thing or uh, I mean, I, I like one activity, putting time in your portfolio, that usually is like a pretty good gratification depending on what your thing is. You know, but there are some investments that just like uh, stock trading or actual gambling don't pay off. I think that's where you end up in a tough, you know, that that can be really uh, disheartening. It can. And
1: I think that brings up such a crucial point in defining why many people are reluctant to to go for these things that are delayed gratification and why across the swath and history of humanity. Delayed gratification is always the harder choice because sometimes the universe does not reward you for your shrewd mm-hmm. behavior. Sometimes you save and save and don't spend impulsively, and then your car blows out its transmission, mm-hmm. and you have to pay mm-hmm. for that instead. Uh, and you're you're stuck in a loop of, of being responsible but not being rewarded. And so what that says to me is it's important it's so important to iron out how you're receiving that gratification are you getting gratification from the right mm. things because if you if you shape your philosophy about what gratifies you in the right way and i'm, I'm not saying like trick yourself into being happy about bad things mm. happening to you just like s- striving for something that isn't just goal achievement and just isn't just measurable success in terms of money or fame, etc., um, that pr- insulates you against some severe mm. disappointment when
0: things that maybe are outside of your control. What totally. well, I I think it uh, it sort of starts with what I was talking about having a healthy relationship with myself. I think having a healthy relationship with with yourself and with every version of yourself prior and to come. And like, I I almost, I I feel like recognizing them as different people can sort of different people sharing the same vessel. (laughs) Uh, It kind of gives you some, some distance, some healthy distance from the good and the bad of it. You know, like you, (laughs) I guess we're getting into a little bit of like a Eastern idea of being present uh, moment to moment, but I do think there's something there, and along with that uh, ideology is is I, I think if you rem- uh, if you if you stop thinking of the universe as like inherently good or evil, and like things happening as inherently like good or bad, and they're just like things, and then the thing you can control is your reaction. I mean, I feel like we've tread this ground before, but. Yeah, I don't know. That It, it can give you distance from, from a situation where it feels so personal. And it feels like, I guess, but I'm also not, I'm not saying we should desensitize ourselves.
1: Totally. I, I don't think you're advocating for what would be like the, the bad use case, which is to absolve former you of your yep. sins. We have to live our mistakes to some degree. We have to learn from them and we have to own them. But what you're saying, especially creatively, is to free yourself from especially thinking that you have to create in a certain way. And when you look back and see past you, don't let past you be an anchor. And if you're looking at them as a different person, you can more easily divorce yourself and perhaps expand or change in a way that is important and helpful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But of of course, with all of this, we're talking about taking time to review. I feel like that's something that That really is like Mm. step one that, you know, (laughs) uh, that, that really is where, I mean, we talk about self-awareness a lot, but that it really is where, um, you know what? Okay. I I was thinking about this the other night, uh, actually on New Year's Eve. So we were, we were, there was, someone had a ball pit at this house and, which was amazing, like in a, (laughs) in a blow up (laughs) swimming pool. And. That uh, is awesome. What?
1: That's a very Los Angeles sense. way.
0: Well, and can I can I can I add to that uh, as a sidebar? In the front room, uh, the living room, there was a DJ set happening, and a sign that said, "Please don't step in front of the camera or touch anything. We're live streaming." And there was some DJ who was just live streaming a set, and it was just like super heavy EDM music. I was like, what the fuck? I just, I love how I don't, none of that really like rubs me the wrong way. It sounds
1: really fun, but it also just sounds like so what yeah. I would expect.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was cliche. It's right it was in the Um But so they had this ball pit and uh, I, I'm someone who likes to play with like, like I, growing up, you know, I was always had like a tennis ball, always had a soccer ball, something. And so I love playing with. Balls, yes. There, oh, <laughs> hopefully we can pull that. Yeah, we'll yeah, pull we had that to quote out maybe for the. I know, intro. I know.
1: At home, you're
0: probably laughing, you're snickering sophomorically. You know what? Get over, Get over it. it. It's 2018. Stop it. Um, okay, so <laughs> I was playing. I was playing with these ball pit balls. You know, they're kind of that plastic thing. And uh, at a certain point, uh, Sean and I, my friend Sean, actually former guest, uh, Sean yeah, Singh, um, shout out. We were throwing the balls like trying to land them in people's drinks, and uh, I was just like thinking about it at the time about how like every time I took a shot, I would adjust, you know, based on the results of that shot. And I I think I've got pretty good aim. Like I'm pretty good. Like I was, I was thinking them. but I think that idea of taking a shot and being honest with the results of it and the factors that led to where, where it went, what happened. I think that really is like the first step in improving. And I think a lot of times you know, we don't want to sit there and overanalyze every single shot we take, but at the same time, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't uh, uh, accurately assess like why that shot went that way or why this happened or you know how you can maybe improve, and and uh, then you're stuck. And and of course, part of that is taking multiple shots, and you get more and more accurate the more you shoot, and the more you can like assess the actual factors to the results absolutely
1: so that's so true you have to give yourself time to edit i don't like to do too many like my job shout outs but we have a very apt pro- like uh, process change at the place that i work an ad agency called yamamoto we have instituted a post project uh, uh, post i love it postmortems for projects which is something we weren't previously doing a uh, huge I love immediate benefits being seen. It's very important. It's because, and you know, there are some growing pains, but you have to be honest in the review. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important point too. And this comes from someone who I would self-describe myself as a, as like a, a master level rationalizer. (laughs) I am like a terrific paver over of previous foibles, but, uh, you have to be earnest with your feedback to yourself because that honestly is the, you know, that's the pain in the muscles breaking down and growing yeah. stronger. That's like the acid stripping away the distressed outer layer of the foundation. It's an important process, but
0: it's got to be painful. And If you can't be honest with yourself, there, are, I'm sure that's uh, bleeding through to other layers of your life in terms of being honest, being forthright and uh, you know if it's just you and the mirror <laughs> i feel like that's where you that's why i was saying like uh the idea of letting not letting past self off the hook but just like really looking in the mirror and saying okay that was a different time and from here i can do differently but i should also be very honest about what i think happened you know um can you t- could you talk a little Absolutely. bit more about the postmortem process what does that typically look like because that it's that's it's
1: it's involved it's involved they've been it's a sincere thing and it's a sincere effort uh they send out like a. they start with an electronic feedback sheet it's not terribly extensive it just says all the things you like all the prompts that you might expect like what was a good thing what needs to be improved how did our processes impact the end product uh, that sort of thing and then there's a half hour long airing of grievances in the Seinfeldian style uh, where you basically talk about it and you talk about it frankly and it's a blame free zone. You can complain about what you want, obviously, in an organization with a power structure that returns on different levels of sincerity. I mean, I'm not going to say that I feel completely free to speak my own. True and outward <laughs> mind, but I feel I feel fairly empowered. I feel fairly empowered, especially when it comes to criticizing mm-hmm. process and criticizing um, uh, the way in which we went about the project, we approached it, and we finished it. I do, I, and I feel like it's already paying dividends. That's so cool. I mean, it, it, it's a visceral way to demonstrate the power of feedback because. It's so easy to get caught in the proverbial hamster wheel, though that, again, is an overused idiom,
0: uh, and never look where totally. you're going. Uh, is there any anonymous element to that? Is that the sheet or no? Uh, no,
1: you basically, like, read your sheet aloud during the, the process, so you're owning it, and I yeah. like that, too. I think, like, if you have a healthy work environment, or a review process. It doesn't have to be an office, obviously. It could just be a collaboration. It could just be with yourself. But when you're having a review process, it's equally important to have the criticism be earnest, but also to be sourced. I don't really... I like if it's like a hugely massive scale and we just need dissent to be pumped into the HVAC yeah. systems, <laughs> then maybe some anonymous feedback is, is good. It can be constructive. But when you're working in small yeah. teams it's important to associate that feedback with a face because oftentimes, and I'll say oh, it with pretty regular, with I'm, I feel safe in saying that most times when there's a problem, the problem haver also contributes to the problem, if not in a small mm-hmm. way. Like I, I can identify some of my own issues, like for instance, I don't really like to work under strict deadlines. And so even though all of my coworkers might be suffering the same amount of deadlineism, I would still mm-hmm. complain about it and I would still be unhappy. So, I mean, you have to see not only who is criticizing you, but factor in their own work habits into why that criticism mm. arise is. I, if you I get what I I'm I do. saying.
0: Yeah, man, I'm just like seeing all the parallels. I mean, especially going even from a team to like a partnership um just mm. having some form of review process uh, and really a lot of it so so what you're talking about what you guys are starting to do I'm not saying it wasn't there before but you're starting to open up a little bit of a safe space to discuss issues and let off steam which is like so vital and and I think it's even more important in uh in one to one relationships whether that's even like romantically I've, I've seen some things with that like just having a place to discuss a thing that's going on without it feeling like an attack and without attacking of course
1: oof so true and i i think this is going to come off as so disingenuous because i'm way outside the target demographic being unmarried uh and never having experience but Marriage counseling, for instance, seems to me to be a way – or relationship yeah. counseling, I suppose. And you don't have to be in a, in a legal marriage mm-hmm. to seek out the advice of a neutral party, but having like an insulated space where it, you, it kind of depressurizes oh, right. the situation. When you get criticized out of the blue, even if it's a valid criticism, the human emotion to have is defensiveness yeah. – and there's just no way to shut that off on a primal level. But when you enter like a space made for criticism, it makes criticism more palatable.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it, it's a, such a strong reaction. I mean, of course, I, f- I feel it as well when someone criticizes something. It's like, but I think we're in the more toxic scenarios. It, some people take the the uh, the old like the best defense is a strong offense, and they instead of uh, instead of just just reacting defensively, they lash out back at you. And I've seen that. Oh, and so true.
1: And the worst part is they're right oftentimes. Uh, people who revel in conflict and who who create conflict in response to conflict do a really good job of scaring conflict yeah, away yeah, from yeah. themselves. So it, and it's, re, it's kind of hard to even criticize their behavior, though it is destructive and toxic. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't be one of those people, though
1: absolutely well, because you'll never Seriously. grow and, and you'll alienate everyone around you and someday someone will push you in front of a subway <laughs> car but um in the in the meantime it can be feel very empowering to scare off criticism with your own fierce defense or your own critiques and i think especially in relationships uh that is such a dangerous mm-hmm. thing like you get hit with a criticism and immediately you think to yourself, well, last time they did this thing that I could have criticized and I didn't. Now I'm getting punished and I'm going to bring it up to show that, you know, you're not perfect yeah. either. But what on earth is that too accomplishing? Real. It's accomplishing absolutely Ugh, nothing. Too, too real. Just be, it's less than nothing.
0: Yeah. It's just counterproductive. I mean, I guess a lot of what we're talking about is the desire to be productive. <laughs> that that's where reviewing comes from and the and where like this conflict resolution and all this like i i personally just care about growth and being productive and I, th- I think so maybe some of this starts with deciding that because when you decide that you want to grow then then i think i think ha- like really really deciding that like like looking your yourself in, in the face and saying i want to grow and then, like once you start living out that life, you you just kind of see that everywhere, and you you want everyone else to grow too. I th- I think it, like, at least I don't know, right? Like, I'll, so right. I'm
1: I'm trying. I'm racking my brain trying to remember exactly which guest mm-hmm. it was. I want to say Eva Goicochea, but I cannot say that with certainty. Um, it was a woman, and she told the story about how she was in an mm-hmm. Uber, and the Uber w- went the wrong mm-hmm. way. And she was like, she had a, a, a moment of out. crisis. Like, should I criticize yeah. this guy, or should I just say mm-hmm. nothing? And the the point being, she did not believe that criticism. Though she would mm-hmm. be right. Though she would be within her rights to announce that she was right. It was literally not productive for either mm-hmm. party. No one was improving
0: if she would if she would do that. So she didn't. Right. Well, and that's. Ugh. It's something else that I've been thinking about as we've been talking here is sort of the the really tough or not, yeah, I guess it, a difficult dichotomy of, of being, wanting to be like, especially as an artist, being really vulnerable, open, uh, but then also being direct and the balance that comes with the, uh, uh, just, you know, especially you, you want other people to grow and you try and support people and you leave yourself open to, I don't want to say open to attack, but I think that is sometimes, you know, it's, uh, you know, when you're dealing with defensive people, um, you can be, you oh, can be taking attacking
1: yeah. is instant gratification for the attacker. That's the thing. Like if you're someone who is insecure about their own creativity, crit, crit, criticism, critique is like the easiest form of creativity to practice. Mm-hmm. And so when someone is vulnerable, you're basically putting up a a red light that says, "Hey attackers, come attack me. Like come tear down my work. Come say how you could do it better." And people who crave that instant gratification are going to come running. It's scary.
0: Ah. ah. A lot a lot of what we're talking about is like <laughs> is just sort of yeah, getting over getting over insecurity to a degree um i I see a lot of that in uh in filmmaking and photography stuff and I, I Corey and I Corey who I co-direct with um and who was our our last guest of the year uh we 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 kind of represent a couple of sides of filmmaking he's he's very technical I'm less technical and we both want to be more of the other especially at certain times um because there's and so I I think I think if you, uh, as a creative person and in whatever field you're in, if you can try to understand both of those points of view and decide where you want to be on the spectrum and just and also understand that, that you'll probably be moving more toward either side and fluctuating as your career goes, and you'll definitely be gaining more technical knowledge as you go, but there's something really, really freeing about not being super technical. Uh, and I think, like, that Corey would tell you that, and I, and I would agree with that. And so there are even times when I avoid n- knowledge on some things because I think it will not taint me, but it will like adjust the way I work on certain things. And I don't think it's productive for how I want to create in certain ways. And I think if you, if you start to understand that as a creative person, instead of being weighed down by a lack of technical knowledge, you can, you're actually very free and maybe you just need to seek other people and be open to learning. Um, cause then a lot of technical people too are very willing to teach. But it's really, it's really frustrating to, for, for even, I say I'm less tactical, but I am tactical on on some things. And one of the most frustrating things uh, is, I understand the insecurity, but an insecure person who says they want to learn, but doesn't actually listen or doesn't actually want to learn because they're so scared. You know what I'm saying? I
1: I know exactly what you're saying. I have a lot of things to say in response. But before I do, I'd love to get your... A description or maybe just a a retrospection on what your review process with Corey looks like. Do you have like a a part of your process where you exchange knowledge Mm. or where you talk about like what each of you still needs to learn? Or do you have that conscious discussion about, I don't, I don't want to learn these things? Like, don't Um, teach me.
0: I guess, I guess our dynamic is it's just, uh, Well, I'm trying to think. I I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily too like we're we've just had that conversation multiple times about like the kind of uh, creator we are and and about the benefits to each other's (laughs) uh, point of view and skill set. But, yeah, I, I think the what we have done is by being honest about those things, about our either, you know, technical knowledge, lack of technical knowledge. You know, for for him, actually, some of the technical knowledge he he would have less experience with would be maybe with like dealing with client stuff or pitching a project or, or whatever, whatever. Um, and we just, but then the, what that does is it creates our entire dynamic is a safe space to say I don't know, and and for that person to explain something because we're both really excited people, and excited people are always willing to explain something. But there's there's a fear on on I, I think that side of like you know boring people to death with whatever the thing you're excited about is. But a lot of times, people feign disinterest. Uh, it, and it seems like genuine disinterest, but they, they act disinterested because they're scared, because they don't know anything about that subject a lot of times. I'm not saying always, but... Uh, so, I, I... That's really astute. I mean People hate, and
1: we're, we're reaping the grim reality of that on a national scale right. these days, but uh, people hate... To admit that they don't know things, and they hate to be viewed as uh, as dumb. Uh, I think that's a problem with it's. It's definitely a problem with society at large. Not, not to snowball the scope <laughs> too much, but it's also a problem that I have personally. Is it's it's natural, even in a good natured, soft hearted way, to jest at people who don't know something, right? and it's so destructive to do so and i i can't really in good conscience advocate for it even on a light level though it will inevitably still happen when people come to you and are humile enough to admit that they don't know something that is like that's the that's the good spot that you want to be in because that person is going to get smarter today and so often, whether it's through feigned disinterest, like you pointed out, which I think is very common among our type, among creative types, uh, or straight up loud revulsion <laughs> to learning, that which is common with, uh, unfortunately, many prominent members of our government, uh, <laughs> not to make it too political. But it's either way, it's destructive, uh, one more boisterously so than the other, but we have to, I think... Two ways to set an example: be be earnest and frank when you don't know something, and uh, that's as simple as being like, "I've never seen that movie," or "I didn't hear what you right. said." And those are those <laughs> are hard enough to say on their own. But then, when it comes to professional pursuits or interpersonal stuff or social issues, uh, another big one, we've got to be we've got to be humble, like Kendrick like says, Kendrick and we says. gotta we gotta fess. We gotta fess when we have to fess, and in that way, it empowers people to become teachers—people who might not see themselves as teachers—and it empowers them to maybe follow
0: our example and and be humble in asking as well. Absolutely, my friend. Be humble and be vulnerable. And Vinny, can I actually uh, can I actually throw a little curveball at you, Vin? Yeah,
1: I would Step love up. to. I would love to <laughs> swing and miss at a
0: curveball. <laughs> uh, I was thinking maybe for this last OTT of season four, maybe we could talk about uh, album, your favorite album of the year or artist. I'd love to chat a little bit about music. It sounds like you may have listened to Kendrick Lamar this year.
1: I did. I I did love his album. I love Year in Review. Anyone who was at my New Year's Eve party will know that I force a long ice-breaking practice called Year in Review every year where we go around in a circle and say our favorite things uh the selections are made at random each year but we actually skipped albums this year because we all agreed that last year albums there were so many good albums last year this year i think kendrick lamar easy breezy favorite i'm having trouble coming up with a second best. Hmm. what about you grant do you have a more you're, you're more connected to the music scene than i, mean. I am and, and you have a more, I would say, diverse musical interest than I do. I, I listen to basically hours and hours of electronic jazz from artists whom I can't identify. That was like my main <laughs> listening habits this year. Uh, I, I was uh, just picturing
0: like a, a, like a slimy version of you like in a cave uh, where there's not a lot of light and there's like a little bit of like you're bioluminescent and like the jazz is just floating off the walls. <laughs> that's
1: an evocative scene it wasn't one that happened in reality but the reality was close Um, Uh, sitting in an unlit room playing video games to Uh,
0: yeah you know to to end the year um, there were a couple really good albums that came out on the same day Uh, it was Brockhampton I don't know if you're familiar with them which was Saturation 3 but uh, the one that I really I mean it ended up being one of my surprise like really uh, really really great albums was the N.E.R.D. Uh, album um, oh I didn't even I didn't listen Yeah, the name of it is escaping me right now oh no one no one ever really cares or no one really cares I believe it was called but yeah phenomenal super fun like totally unexpected I was really really pumped about that um there are a couple others uh, this is a album uh, Control I believe it's called uh, fantastic. Um Sampha. Are you familiar with Sampha at all? I haven't known and I haven't known any of okay. these bands. I've actually heard of NERD okay. but I, I haven't uh, really listened yeah, S- like to Yeah, a UK singer. Um, I first heard him on who was it Subtract, a subtract song. That's a S-B-T-R-K-T oh, yeah. cool. I think this song is Wildfire mm-hmm. and it, or Wildfires. Um but he came out with his debut album a process and there's a there's a song on there that like whenever I hear it I cry <laughs> it's uh, a <laughs> uh, no one knows me um and then in in parentheses like like the mother or like my mother's piano uh, uh and it's like this song about his mom passing and uh she like passed away a couple years ago now or last year um and it's like this beautiful piano ballad so an excellent album well, Daniel Caesar too had another like really emotional beautiful album. Um yeah, I got I got to a lot less live shows this year though. The last one I went to uh was was excellent though. It was Bonobo, Tourist and Bob Moses. Do you know Bonobo at all? I do know okay, Bonobo. Yeah, he had a, he had a really great album, uh Migration. Um I feel like and I I I knew this this subtract
1: track that mm-hmm. you that's fun to say (laughs) you mentioned and I feel like in the this is a this is a point of view that's like four years behind relevancy but I'm gonna make it Mm -hmm. anyway I feel like in the Spotify age I am so much less apt to listen to full album releases Mm. or even to organically come upon them I am so much more likely to be recommended like a song or a batch of songs mm-hmm. from from an artist and it, they don't even have to be currently relevant yeah. like my friend discovers them who discover them through a friend who then tells me about it and we're like already a year and a half away from the album release right so i it's just yeah it's like i in the old days it would be like in the, the old days i mean like two thousand and like <laughs> Uh, th- there'd be an album coming out there'd be a lot of hype for it and then like
0: uh, on day one everyone downloads it on iTunes yeah. and we go nuts but um, yeah it's not so much these I days guess. I guess th- I think it's maybe a little bit more like gamified for me in that I do still mix and DJ music so it's like that's one motivator I like really want to work with more musicians um, and I have been working mm. with a lot of musicians for photos, shoots and, and music videos so I'm like constantly interested in that and, um, yeah, I don't, and then I also like just go deep, you know, like when I find a filmmaker or a director I love, like i watch their entire filmography. And so I feel like when I, I you know, I want to, Oh, Tyler, the creator had another great album this year too. <laughs> scumfuck. <laughs> I know about scumfuck, that guy. Through. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that guy's tweets oh, very sweet. well, you but I don't him know on his Twitter? music. Sweet. Oh yeah. Of yeah he's a good one, man. Uh, he had a really good, uh, tiny desk concert this year. Are you familiar with the Tiny oh, yeah? Desk? What is a Tiny Desk? Uh, it's an NPR series where they have a musician come and they, they do like a pretty stripped back set. Um, so it's like, cause it's like, they're literally on a tiny desk, not like tiny, tiny, not like comically tiny desk, but it's like, <laughs> that's not the point of it <laughs> yeah, yeah. isn't to be like funny how small the desk is. <laughs> no, but you, so it's usually just a, a much smaller performance and it's kind of cool to see them in that environment. That's awesome. Show notes. I'll,
1: I'll definitely look into yeah. that. That seems pertinent to my interests. And you've given me and our listeners many great albums. If you missed them this time, and around, please, if you if you want any back. more
0: recommendations, just hit me up. I'm on the Twitters. I I, he I is. do love. I you would be really good at that. I, I love way. recommending. You know, I love recommending movies to people, and same with music because I'm pretty passionate about it. So it's like, hey, that you know, this is the one instance where I'll say you can pick my brain. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pick away. Uh and I think I think one thing we agreed upon, and this again is a like a pretty a pretty popular point of view, is that TV this last year was, was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like talk about a medium that's kind of separating into like the really good and the really bad. Totally.
0: I just TV is doing I that. just started watching um Angry Boys. Are you familiar with Chris Lilly? no oh, i don't summer, I don't summer, know summer
1: high boys. oh yeah i yeah, do so
0: i know summer Heights high I, I love summer Heights high he also has uh jonah from tongo and jim a private school girl the spin-offs from that are you familiar okay i, I did not oh, yes. know that those so characters he had a season had
1: spin he had, each here, had a
0: season and then he also has this show called angry boys where he plays all sorts of like it, it really centers around like these kids in a like juvenile delinquent hall but yeah it gets into some good stuff so yeah i've I've been watching that lately that is awesome i'm gonna where can i find that Uh, i'm watching it they're all on hbo um if you want my parents uh hbo go log in information (laughs) just again hit me up on twitter
1: i (laughs) i love that i love that uh (laughs) have you watched um oh shit now i'm forgetting the name of it's it's about mouth his mouth in the name mouth? it's animated oh big mouth the, big mouth yeah that's the one that i haven't seen yet that got huge rave reviews mm. around my circle yeah
0: it's like it, it must be watched at all costs sweet i i watched a few episodes um uh, it started like springing forth some like puberty age like memories and i think i got a little too nostalgic and i had to escape for a bit um it was great <laughs> from what i hear understandable yeah, yeah understandable. this is so good uh nick Kroll. Nicole Mulaney. Mm-hmm. I love those guys. Jason Mancus, fantastic. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Good, uh, a
1: good year, a good crop. So, good crop. Um, and I just a- after saying all that, I'm reading Stephen King's on writing right oh, now. You are nice, and and he flames TV mercilessly. <laughs> I think. Like all criticism, maybe this is like an inadvertent tieback. You have to know what sort of criticism to ignore. And I think when Stephen King wrote the book in 1999, uh, he could not have foreseen the breadth yeah. and depth of television in its form. That basically, it's the new form is like seasons that read like long movies that are definitely artworks in their own totally way. Right. And, and can tell a rich story with extremely well-developed writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I th- I don't think if I could be so bold as to solicit an ungiven and unbidden opinion from the still great Stephen King, <laughs> I would say he probably would soften his stance a bit. Should we...
0: Given just the...
1: Yeah, look, Stephen, if you're listening, well, maybe confirm it's tw- or deny. It's
0: 2018, we can tweet him. <laughs> <laughs> We, it's true. And there's at least it's like, true. there's at least probably like a 1% chance he sees it, which is yeah. you're pretty high.
1: That's not bad at all. Let's do if it. You
0: send 100, uh, if you send a hundred, if you send a hundred, you'll get one.
1: <laughs> I'll tweet them a hundred times over the next 100 days. <laughs> uh, but I would, I'm, I'm legitimately curious because the rest of the book is fantastic and it's really teaching me a lot. Awesome. So. I'm
0: glad to hear you're reading that. I, I've been trying to uh, stay up on reading. I feel like I fell off a little bit. But but what I lost in some of my reading habits, I did pick pick up on in my cinema visits uh, with my movie pass, bro. Do you have one? We should get them to sponsor the I, show. A mo- Is it a? Th- it's a movie pass. Is exactly what it sounds like. The, yeah, it's ten dollars a month, and I can go to participating theaters. I can go to a movie a day. I a movie a day. Yeah. For ten dollars. Yes, and especially in L.A., most movies are at least fifteen. Yeah, no shit. It's kind of crazy. That and dude, uh, there, there are probably like twenty theaters in LA that I could go to. That's incredible. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Please.
1: That sounds like that sounds like dark magic.
0: In I really, the I really did world. think it was, and I also was pretty sketched out. I was signing up. I was like, God, it's like, oh, we'll inform you when we're sending you your card, and then it arrived, and then I used it, and I've used it, you know, probably eight times since it arrived.
1: Wow. All right, listeners. <laughs> if there's ever been an easy plug to make, it's this one. Definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely do that. And a quick shout out. I think I said it earlier this year, but uh, I saw one of the be- my favorite movies of all time this year called Buster's Mall Heart. Buster's Small Heart? Buster's Mall, M-A-L, Heart. Huh. And uh, it's, I, I think we might have talked about it. It's, a, it's like a time, it's got a primer feel it feels a lot like primer a lot like primer with some allegorical storytelling that is uh it was totally inspiring and it like definitely was my favorite and most unique movie viewing experience of the last few years so
0: uh check that out on dvd now amazing wow i'm adding it to my to watch list right now i i can it's tough to say this
1: with certainty But I'll say it anyway. I know that you will enjoy it, Grant. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Enjoy. Bon appetit. Thank you, sir. (sighs) Of course. Well, thank you to 2017 for all your many, 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 many flaws. You put out some really great media. You
0: stupid fucking dumpster fire.
1: (laughs) From that dumpster (laughs) fire, some carbonic diamonds were mined. And uh, those diamonds came in the form of great television and film and music.
0: So, and like like a phoenix, twenty eighteen is about to rise up out of that dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a phoenix of garbage soaring <laughs> over the planet. Um,
1: Grant, should we take this opportunity instead of like a uh, the normal question? Yeah. Should we talk about what's going on next year? Definitely for the show. Definitely, you know, it was
0: it was uh, it was a tumultuous like latter half of the year, I think. I had just re- started strong, finished piecemeal. I would say. Yeah, you know, I relocated to LA at the at the end of last year. I moved into a new place, uh, a building of which got shut down shortly after I, I left. That so I was there from January to April, and condemned, uh, yeah, bulldozed. No, no well, it, it was uh, improperly zoned, and uh, they were fighting the city of Los Angeles. Long story, but uh, yeah, it was just so so hectic. You know, one of the busier schedules I've had, and and one that was. Um, so up and down in terms of what, you know, oh, I left Death to stock, you know, I w- went more, more full, uh, full in on, on photography and directing. And it's, it was really tough to, to keep a constant schedule. Um, but of course all that led to us, you know, reacting, adapting, and, uh, that's what we're doing now. Um, I'm really excited about, I think where we're headed, which is more of a, a series based approach.
1: Yes, uh, I think this will be just so much better in so many ways because it will allow us to have a more purposeful gambit in how we find our guests and get them to talk about things that matter. Especially, and, and this is like a I think a natural problem to have. But as the series has progressed, we're starting to like come back to some familiar stomping grounds mm-hmm. in terms of conversation. With some frequency i think this will help like annex large new swaths of conversation that we that are previously unplumbed uh and it'll also be so much more practical from a scheduling point of view <laughs> it's just uh, it's just not super realistic
0: with with your schedule and time uh, differences and, yeah yeah it, it's just yeah. This is going to be so much better. Totally, and I, even I think this echoes some of what I was talking about before. With when I think about coming and going in waves, I think it's easier to be focused, inspired, and and consistently good uh, if we can sort of condense things down. And I think we can go deeper instead of diluting over um, time and quantity. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for us to to dig in deeper on some topics and and in some specific veins of thought and profession. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good 2018, Vinny, my boy. Uh, the year of the dumpster, or the garbage phoenix. <laughs> the
1: year of the garbage phoenix. Uh, yeah, so if you're curious listeners, like, look out for three series of six episodes each. And those will be deeper dive episodes, and they'll come out in batches, uh, three times next year. So we'll be sure to promote when they're when they're getting done, and then the, when they're about to go live. The, uh, net, uh, the Netflix approach. Yes, the Netflix approach. You can binge them all at once. Look out around March for our for our first salvo, series five is what we'll be calling it. Love it. Vinny my boy. Love it and can't wait, Grant. And Grant, you know what? Despite, you know, the the scheduling challenges, despite all the especially on your end, I went through some minor changes, but you truly were like Kafka's metamorphosis and back <laughs> this year. Uh we really made some really good content. Hell yeah. We can thank the guests for it. We can thank our sponsors for it. But most of all, I want to thank you, Ooh. Grant, for for sticking with it because it was not it wasn't an easy year, especially uh, from you, your point of view, schedule wise and time
0: wise. I mean, both of us. Thank you, thank you, bro. I'm I'm so thankful for you and and for the show. Um, it's gonna be a good one. Uh, Oh, i forgot it's a visual medium but uh, i have tears just I have... <laughs> yeah, that's right I'll, a couple you can, of just if you listen really yeah. closely
1: yeah. you can hear them pattering on the desk uh but he, with that we'll use it as a toast to 2018 so here's to that, here's to that. and hope to hear you guys all hearing us uh, in a couple of months
0: <laughs> yeah could we have some listeners submitted episodes where they it's just reaction reaction audio
1: (laughs) where you don't say anything you just listen quietly and maybe occasionally like breathe through your nose in affirmation a few times maybe
0: we'll hear like the dryer going as you're
1: changing your laundry out you know it's okay to be productive while you listen it's doing
0: small involvement tasks that's normal Uh, Vinny well it's uh, it's been a good one and I I think perhaps maybe we you think we could just can uh, we can Give it up. It, can we end it like we always do, Vinny, maybe in conjunction? Could we uh yes. could we ship off 2017? Could we ship off uh season four?
1: And ship ourselves into 2018. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh should I count it down? Yeah, you count it down. All right. A three, a two, a one. Ship it. Ship it. it.